Welcome to episode 107 of the Ross, L and Luke show. I hit record and then promptly my audio drops out. So we pick up the conversation a few minutes in when Al asks Luke what it is that he wants to talk about today. And to stick the intro on the front of today's call for you, I'll do that now. Rosie blokes, we're dads, we're entrepreneurs. Between us, we made a heap of mistakes, learned a bit and created plenty of wins which taught us a few things about life, love, relationships, communication, leadership, and business. We're here to share our journey and learnings with you. You may get three different perspectives or one universal agreement. But whatever you take away, we hope it made a difference to your day. What was your topic, Luke? We can get cracking, we can add the intro later. I don't know. Um, How to fucking reinvent yourself. There you go. All right. I like it. I well, like it. That what, could be that could be part of it. Well, what so what what prompted that for you? Just because I'm in the phase of reinventing myself. Right. I like <laughs> it. And what what led you to reinvent yourself? Ah, uh, just the trudgery and fucking the just being ground down in the current situation. The uh, okay. So the, the, so the, the pandemic and the isolation. No, I'm not saying much. Yeah. Oh, that that as well, but not yeah. Okay. That 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 is a supporter of it as well. Okay. But yeah. Well, that's a look. That's a really important point that you you have raised there, Luke. And I have to realise that it's that's kind of the position I've taken with this whole pandemic, right? It's like as humans, we're always looking at exactly what's in front of us and 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 putting a whole lot of meaning on that now. The pandemic itself, if we actually look at the pandemic, the virus, what does it actually cause? And yeah. if we start to look at that carefully, it's actually caused very little, very little. Yeah. Most of what has been caused is by human beings, authorities making choices, people making their choices. That's where most of the cause is. Yeah. So all the pandemic is is like a, 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 a different canvas to what we're used to. So it, it's kind of causing us to be different in a way that we, you know, we just wouldn't have been otherwise. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So the beauty of it is it actually shows us stuff that we don't normally see. And again, yeah. many of us as human beings go, I don't want to see this and start complaining and want to go back or, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And you find... Instead um, of saying... Thank you, God, for delivering me a brand new canvas to like play with in a way I've never played before. Like this is our life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So where does where does that leave you? Well, it leaves me in a place that you know I can yeah start you know start to work on a place that you know excites me and you know makes me. Keeps you motivated and, you know, um, interested in something that, you know, is well, not only different, but, uh, you know, something I've had my eye on for a while. So, yeah, it just puts a bit more pep in your step, right? Mm. Yeah, and not for the fact of just because it's a change, for the sake of fucking change. It's just, you know, it starts to make a bit more sense when broken down and, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, it no longer sure. makes sense. 
Mm. I mean, and Ross will give us the, the hierarchy of human needs. No, yeah, the hierarchy of human needs that'll tell you exactly why that's important to you right now. Yeah, sure. yeah. Absolutely, I could. But, but uh, one of the things that, uh, that I loved about what um, Al just said was the, the simple use of a reframe. Most of what we look at in life, we think is a certain way, like it's a fixed way of being. We, you know, we look at life and we go, oh, you know, this is, this is X, Y, Z, whatever's going on. We have, we label it, we give it meaning. Uh, yeah. And a simple reframe uh, allows us to look at it completely differently and uh, change our perspective, change our view, change our opinions, change our actions. So much happens in, in, that, uh, in that moment. Mm. Yeah, 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 it does. Uh, yeah, we're recording now. Are we, Ross, are you back on? Uh, yeah, well, I, I believe the recording was happening regardless. Uh, I hope the call recording's happening regardless. Well, so check because I, I, it was at the start, but I killed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, we, don't, we do not want to lose this gold. <laughs> you better have recorded it or we're in trouble. Um, yeah, what were we talking about? So you did the intro, and it was awesome as you, usual. Is someone on the video? Is someone on the video? Is someone, sorry, is someone in the Zoom app? Yep. Just have a look and see if there's a recording light going. Yep. Oh, great, great. So I just wanted to give a concrete example. For, so anyone that doesn't get it or is sceptical, right, which is fine, either is fine. Concrete example is, and if you, you, know, you can research this and, and you'll find this is a fact, a recorded yeah. fact, I should say. So back in the day, largely the, the church authorities were suggesting that the earth was the center of the universe and that everything, everything revolved around the earth. And in fact, progressive people that you know, we now call scientists were, were ridiculed, you know, persecuted, often killed for suggesting otherwise. And then all of a sudden, the evidence was irrefutable, the religious authorities, whatever it was that changed. And we then all adopted the view, or by and large, we adopted the view that, that, that our sun was the center of our solar system, but we didn't even know where the center of the universe was. And yeah. so that you know, simple reframe, but how massive <laughs> is the impact of that reframe, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, definitely life-changing, uh, mm. especially... Yeah, especially now. I think I was watching um, uh, just a bit of a Q and A on um, the youth, you know, today um, and what sort of stuff they're going through, uh, especially based in Melbourne, um, with mm. the you know no no uh, access to sort of jobs and you know the ability to um, just access sort of basic you know mental health care and things like that. And you do you know you do feel for them. Um, mm. And it is, it definitely is a struggle. But you know, with that struggle, that forces uh, you know people to to think in different ways and get mm. a bit more creative. And I, you know, I sort of found it wasn't funny, but it was. Uh, I think it was just that. Um, yeah, you know, I think it was a seventy-five-year-old lady got on, and she just you know said almost you know shut the fuck up, suck it up, mate. Like God, when I was your age, um, I had you know. We didn't have half the access. We didn't have any of the access to anything, you know, like we had to make do if it was a, you know, bit of stale bread and water, and that's what it was. You know, we made do with what we had, and um, you know, like 
sure it's the pandemic and she felt for them, but she just said, like, there's just a lot of complaining going on. And, um, <laughs> you know, well, you know, relying on other resources like the government and, you know, to, to support them through this, um, you know, she was really just straight up and down and just said, yeah, um, it's time to buckle up and work through it because that's what we did, you know. Um, mm. and I, I don't always agree with that. Like, you know, like you can't say, well, back in my day, you know, we did this. It's like, that's fucking great. But that was back in your day, yeah. It's a bit, it is different now. And that was probably some of the just responses to her. But she was pretty straight up and down. She goes, live through a depression and then you'll know what fucking mental health's about. You'll know what trying to survive and get any job. Um, you know, but some of the comments bantied around a lot. Well, and even from young people saying, look, well, if you're friending... If your friend can't get a job in her industry, she should just get a job, yeah? And then they're like, no, 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 that that doesn't work for her, you know? Like it changes her whole <laughs> life path and direction. And they go, there is no fucking life path and direction. It's either you want a job or you don't. Do you know what I mean? And like, I understand it's a bit of a shift, but some of the greatest things that I've learned uh, in life were doing completely opposite things to what I wanted to do, yeah? yeah. So if I wanted to be a market analyst and a fucking stockbroker on the share market, whatever, well, I went out and did muscle farming for two years. Completely different, yeah? But that all tied into the fabric of who I am as a person today. I know what hard work is. I know what, you know, being seasick is. I know what fucking freezing cold weather is. You know what I mean? So, and they, they, all these things sort of add up um, to who I am today. Uh, which is, yeah, so you can't discount those little left and right turns in life. Mm. I think one of the things that's missing for a lot of people today is gratitude. <clears throat> what was that? I believe one of the things that's missing for a lot of people today is gratitude. Yeah, okay, yep. Mm. So we just don't have gratitude for what we've got. In fact, um, so much so, you know, my boys, are they've got, you know, all sorts of toys and things and, they say things like, oh, I'm bored. And it's like, well, you don't even look at your toys. The kids that love their love their toys are the ones that have, say, one soccer ball. That's their only toy. And they love it. They cherish it. They look after it. And yeah. that one toy is everything to them. But Yeah. Okay, yeah. My kids have got too much stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, I think we're just going to start selling your stuff. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Mate, I experienced that firsthand. I drove down the west coast of Sri Lanka. Yeah. And literally saw, you know, shanty towns along the railway line. I mean, these were corrugated iron. Yeah, this is the sort of thing that, you know, Indigenous Australians um, have been through. And, and, you know, we've had mixed results with that. But the, the community living like that. And the kids are out there playing cricket. But you're running around excited, laughing. They had nothing other than one cricket bat between a, you know, a whole suburb. It was just yeah. incredible to watch. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah, the happy. Yeah, well, they don't know what they they don't know what they don't know. Um, and I think mm. we've been living in a society where we kind of get used to living off the teat of, you know, handouts and, um, you know, you know, I should have this and why aren't they supporting mm. me? And, you know, the people that do survive, I mean, you've got to get out there and make it on your own. You know, I, <clears throat> I lived out mm. of home, I think when I was 15, I decided, well, this is, I'm not living under these draconian rules. And they were like, well, that's fine. <laughs> you can fuck off and, um, support yourself, and I'm like, well, I'll go and do that. And uh, it lasted, I don't know, six, 
months or something and then I came back and then again I had another <laughs> little spout when I was 16 because then I could I could work full-time legally and I just left school and said fuck is I'm gonna do it on my own and then I did that um yeah I don't know until 19 20 I had a couple of moments where I went back and forth in between living arrangements but yeah I was 17 living out of home uh, working full-time paying rent um yeah, living in shared circumstances because I couldn't afford everything, but, you know, having a bit of fun, but it was freedom. Uh, but there were some times there where, yeah, I sort of suffered a bit of, um, well, I'd say homelessness. Yeah, I was in between places. I was never really, like, sleeping on the streets, maybe once or twice, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was always crashing on a mate's couch or whatever, but I always worked. I always got up and went to work, you know what I mean, um, and, and made made my own bed and, you know, and then it just sort of progressed from there. I suppose to me, what I learned from that was that it isn't as easy as you think it is. And even though you're willing to work really hard, um, sometimes it's, you know, to take that advice off your your parents, um, as they say, you know, save your money. And it wasn't until mid sort of 20s that I went back home and I was like, okay, so it all starts to make sense now. And they just said, well, the eight... You can come back home and live here. These are the arrangements, but the old man forced me to save like it was like five hundred bucks a week. I earned seven hundred bucks or something, right? Seven hundred and fifty. He said you save five hundred bucks a week for a year, and um, you can live here. You know, no bills. You don't have to pay for your food, but every every week you got to show me that bank statement. I was going, fucking right. heaps of money. I was like, what for? And he goes, just do it. Twelve months. I did it, and then that was the deposit on the first house. Mm-hmm. And then the end of it, I was like, oh, okay. So there's a considerable amount of cash. He's going, you want to fucking live by yourself? Go and buy a house. There's a deposit. <laughs> and your, your whole attitude about your old man would have changed at that point too, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And I like, I think that was, it was good of him. He was a stepdad, not a natural dad, but. You okay. Know, um, yeah, he was very much like, oh, save for the rainy day. You know, he's a Scrooge. You know, he really came from that, <laughs> I think it was Dutch sort of heritage where they, oh, he had nine, nine, nine siblings, eight brothers and one sister in the family. And they came over from, um, yeah, from overseas, yeah, the Netherlands. And um, yeah, he's, I think his dad was a boiler maker or a steel worker, hard as nails, uh, but he died mm. from lung cancer. I think when they were sort of relatively... Mm youngish and um but they always you know hard as nails they always did a lot more with um with what they had they made the most of it and but the other side of that is is that when they got to an age my stepdad my mum you know say mid 50s or 50s early 50s they wanted to travel the world they wanted to do things and they had the resources too but it was always about work you know saving for that rainy day and that behavior continued on you know, throughout their lives. And then mum got sick and she sort of, you know, within about two years, she wasn't able to travel. That's how sick she was. And it sort of just dragged out. And it's pretty sad in the end, but she never got to travel. You know what I mean? And that's a sad thing. You know, I thought, fuck, like it's good to say for a rainy day, but it's also good to acknowledge when you're in a position to go and enjoy the things that you really want to do that make you happy to just go and fucking do them instead of waiting until you're 50 and you're, something happens and then you can't, you know? Oh, mate, I, I watched my granddad, so my old man died at 53. 
yeah. uh, three years older than me. Um, and, you know, I watched his dad just revolutionise how he viewed the world, at, you know, in his 80s. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and, and I wouldn't have called him a Scrooge. Um, yeah. But, he, you know, he had, he had assets. He'd given enormous amounts to the Freemasons. They'd built, you know, retirement homes, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, plenty of resources, assets, you own pubs, you own this, you own that, just, you know, that sort of bloke. And, uh, yeah, grew up in the Depression. Um, but he just let go completely at that point. Just thought, oh. there's no point in me dying a wealthy man. I'm not going to start sharing it now. So, yeah. it's exciting for us as grandkids, <laughs> you know. But but actually, the biggest biggest gift I got from him was watching a you know, man in his 80s revolutionise who he was as a result of what he experienced, you know? And, and so when yeah. I hear people say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, well, I, I can spin that any way you like, but in, in simple terms, I say, well, stop trying to teach the dog new tricks and just invite it to learn something new. Yeah, yeah, I like that, yep. Yeah, it's interesting, very interesting. Mm. Mm. Awesome. And one of the things that, uh, that you know, before I, uh, I dropped in and out at the beginning of this call that I was hoping to talk about was um, the other end of the scale, which was the uh, our kids. Um, you know, we're all uh, we're all dads, and I've been experiencing some interesting things with with my kids. And uh, yeah, I I think it's always uh, great to get to get input from others and and to learn. You know, we've yeah. We we were kids at a time, but that doesn't nearly prepare us for being uh, for being parents. Yeah, shoot, what's the what's the interesting uh, times? What's the go? Yeah, so um, I guess this one this is only a little minor thing, but um, uh, thoughts of chores. Um, yeah, mostly around chores. So pocket money as well, but mostly chores. What's the go there? Like, what what age did your did you start trying to encourage your kids to do chores, if at all? Um, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts and things around that? <clears throat> yeah. I'm happy to yeah. jump in. Yeah, go, mate. So, I, when I was nine, I started earning my own income. Like, I just, I don't know, I don't even remember why, but I just, I was motivated to start going out and get my own income at nine, and I just never stopped. And by the time I was 12, I had two jobs, and, it, and that continued um, <laughs> to now I've got multiple businesses. Like, it's just been a way of life for me. Um, so, you, it, you know, 12, what were your jobs? Huh? At 12, what were your jobs? So, not nine, I was delivering the local paper. Yep. And then at 12, I started working for the news agent, you know, doing morning paper round. And then I got two, I did two of those a week. Um, and then I transitioned to bakery. So, I was doing bakery and, and um, paper rounds. Then I was bakery and Coles. Then I was Coles and taxi driving. Um, you know, then I was overseas, similar lifestyle. And then back here. Uh, into startup business and, and never look back. So that's how it went for me. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and so so that was, and then I started I started doing engineering at uni because I didn't know what to do and just blindly followed my old man's footsteps, which was the weirdest thing ever. And after six months, dropped out of that and did music, right? So who cares whether it has any value in the rest of my life in a professional sense? Because I've made I've made my professional work for me anyway. What I did was explore my passion. So yep. I've gone off topic a bit, but I'll come back. So I I read Rich Dad Poor Dad a long time ago, and the fundamentals of what he was talking about, we were already doing. We were, we already had businesses. We already got that 
you generate an income and you, and you put that into real assets, right? So we were at, but one of the key things I picked up from him was because the whole story was Rich Dad has the two boys working for nothing. And he's, and he's saying, don't ever trade your hour for a dollar. You know, yeah. use, your, use your time with leverage to create more. You know, so he was, he was dead set against training children to, to, to do something for a few dollars. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so that stuck with me. And, and, and so I, with my kids, I didn't, I was actually, <laughs> funny you use the word Scrooge, Luke, I, you know, I didn't always buy them Christmas presents. I didn't always buy them birthday presents. I kind of bought them what I wanted to, when I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one Christmas, my son said, it's about eight. And he said to his mum, oh, you know, you don't need to buy me a Christmas present because I know Santa will. So instead, buy one for the the ABC giving tree, you know, for another kid, which was unbelievable, right? He did that. So so I got him a um, $3,500 guitar with a $1,000 guitar amp (laughs) (laughs) from Santa. Yeah. Uh, and then he went to school telling everyone Santa does exist because there's no way my parents would have spent this money because we were kind of coming out of being broke. So that was quite cool, angle. right? But but again, all the aside. So at the end of it all, um, we all make it up as we go along. And I, I love the idea that, that Robert Kiyosaki puts forward of why train our children to become slaves? Because as soon as you say, I'll take X dollars for my time, you are now a slave to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you know, we've now started to implement or just within this sort of lockdown period um, is, yeah, like you know, chores to, you know, earn, <clears throat> earn a certain amount of money at the end of the week. Um, <clears throat> but I found it's more about um, responsibility, um, you know what I mean, to, to, to make this machine, which is the family function, um, with everything that's going on, we all need to play our part. And I think the byproduct yep. of that is obviously money uh, at the end of the week. But it's not like they're able to go down the shop and spend it. Um, some, you know, might buy something online or a subscription to like a game or something like that. Then they can see the value of, you know, earning money. But as I say to them, the same uh, model uh, as you, Al, I, I always say leverage other people's time to make money and, and don't, you know, understand that, you know, there's many people that if they don't go to work, they don't get paid. Whereas, like, I'm standing mm-hmm. here talking to you now and I'm getting paid and they're like, what do you mean? I said, mm-hmm. well, I leverage other people's time to generate income. They're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I say, it's not like, okay, if I don't turn up, I won't get paid. So they're like, oh, yep. So I always try to encourage them to think of that, but I always encourage uh, work, work ethic, uh, responsibility, you know, and stewardship too. That's what my little fellow says. Well, why do the girls get, you know, the younger, why do, why do the girls don't get those jobs? I said, because it's, you know, it's, it's yours, mate. You're older. This is your responsibility. Um, and they really started to take that on. Like the money at the end of the week isn't, um, always the, the driver or the motivator. It's just like, cool, who's going to mm. close all the curtains? Who's going to do this? And just having mm. a few, say, five jobs that need to be done every day and I just put them on a board um, and I find that mm. unless I go up and just put those in order and put the name and say, who's doing the jobs today, they, they're a bit sort of flippant. Oh, I did this yesterday. And he just <laughs> said, no, 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 this is what needs to be done today. Your name's there. These are the two tasks, and they, they generally 
get going. So mm. most of the time, most yeah, of the time, cool. but. Okay. And, and does it matter what age? Do you find the age has an impact on that? Oh, for certain tasks. And that, that's what I tell them. I say that there's certain jobs that are, are more geared towards the older child, um, but you're more than willing to, to have a crack. You know, like taking out the big you know, bins is not probably a, a eight-year-old's job. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, age does, but... I think as long as you share but around, at, and, yeah, that that look helps. Look the youngest kid; they always they always grab the broom and want to sweep up with you. They always want to help you wash the car. They always want to mow the lawn with you. Like the youngest ones want to do it all. Mostly, mostly, and you can't mm. discount the fact, uh, Ross, as well. A bit more hands-on stuff. I know I got my little fella the other day to crawl under the house, you know, amidst the rafters and the spiders, and <laughs> yeah, nice. He had a giant hammer drill, um, and I said, mate, when you get to this spot, oh, nice. you know, just look up about 300 mil and just punch a hole through the wall. And he's like, with what? And I pull out this hammer drill, and it's like longer than his arm. You know? he's like, well, I said, have you ever used one? And he goes, yeah. Like, you know, they know everything. So we had a, a rock brick wall that we're going to knock down. So I said, come over and have a few goes. Yeah, I got this. Like, you know, he's like, oh, jeez, look at that. You know, so we drill a few holes. How good is that? So they're little things. How good is that? That, you know, I know other kids would just be going, I'm not getting under there, not in 100 years. They'd run off crying. Uh, but he goes, all right. So he gets in there and he got it done. And I got out and I said, I'm proud of you, mate. What right, are you like, like, you know, doing that is so beneficial. Uh, he was complaining mm. and he did avoid it. You know, during the day, he's like, yeah, yeah, no worries. I'll help you at three o'clock. Come to three o'clock. He's like, oh, do I really have to do it? And I said, yes, you do, mate. How <laughs> <laughs> do you go? All well, the neck gets turned off, you know? So I sort of forced him to in a way. But then once he got under there, he got under So that's a hands-on experience. And you say little things that are outside of the chores, um, you know, uh, are, are very beneficial too. That The hands-on tooly stuff I really like because doing dishes, although they're have to be done. Like, so if you've got a, a, a nail to hammer in your fence or whatever, um, definitely get your kids involved in that. I love it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome. I love my that. one tip with all of that, because my experience didn't work out is absolutely <laughs> and, and, uh, and fully support them and let them know that screw ups happen and that they mean nothing. Yep. Yeah. Cause I came yeah. away from all of that not supported and there's no complaints just this is my story uh, okay. my journey so and and so for me like i actually went through a lot of my life with the, this voice in my head you cannot do shit with your hands you'll just fuck it up and in fact that actually has spread to my entire life right i've got this yeah. underlying um message of you're going to screw it up you're going to screw it up that's that's interesting man like yeah i <laughs> A similar situation happened to me and someone said to me after I'd cocked something up completely, I said, gee, you're not very handy, are you? You know what I mean? Um, mm. And I thought, oh, fucking, mate, well, I reckon I am, you know. I thought I was pretty mm. handy, but then I started to like go, oh, no, I did this and that and I'm not very good at that. And then something just changed me. I said, fuck it, I'm going to be mm. handy. Um, mm. And, you know, four, four or five years later, I've built a whole fence I'm fucking mm. right in my own security system. Yeah, I'm fucking handy, all mm. right. Um, 
And that, look, but you've just nailed it, Luke. You and I yeah. can probably share experiences. They're probably parallel, right? Yeah. I made one choice as a kid, 12-year-old kid. You made another choice as whatever age you were. And I was an adult. Same circumstances. Well, but same circumstances, different results. And that's, you know, Ross will continually talk about that. But it's just the choice we make is everything. It's not what yeah. happens. It's the choice we make. It's everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you get a bit down, you know, you think you're good at something and then you think, mm. fuck, I'm not. But then you're like, okay, I'm going to make it a, a point to, to become um, good at this. Now, whether that's the right thing to mm. do or not for you is, is, a, you know, is a different opinion. But, yeah, mm. very, very interesting. Yeah, you're right there. Hmm. Well, there's also no right and wrong, so. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But uh, it is absolutely in the choice. Like, in that moment when you chose, I'm going to be good at this, like, it, you'd already written the future. You're okay. yeah. and you were just going to do the actions that would follow that. And that's yeah, okay. Henry Ford, Henry Ford has a famous quote, which is whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yep. I like that. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Yoda's yeah, was similar. It. His was there's no yeah. try. Yeah. I'll try to do that. No, no. Either you will or you won't. Like, <laughs> make your decision. Yep. Oh, I'll give it a go, and if it's hard, I'll, I'll flake out. So yeah, yeah. no, you you either commit or you or you don't. Uh, and and that's one of the things that we talked you mentioned before, with the um, the uh, the learning about making mistakes. I actually teach my kids that mistakes are important. Like that's how we learn. We don't learn when we get it right. We learn when we get it wrong. Yeah. So mistakes are an important thing. So don't be upset when you make a mistake. Be proud that you've just learned something. But take the learning. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah. Take the learning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's nice. I'd like to yeah, reiterate that to my little girl because she likes getting things right. Uh, and I said, yeah, it's when you get things wrong. He's like, no, Dad, no, no, I'm not getting anything wrong. All right, cool. He <laughs> 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 well, what first... talking about. Yeah. Well, there's your first mistake. <laughs> Gosh, where are you, Ross? And I need to. That's an eight-year-old day, mate. I don't want to break him down and build him up. It's not that kind of scenario here. Hang on, hang on. What Ross said earlier was there are no mistakes. So you, what you do is fine. Luke, don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> Nullum, boy. Okay, thanks for letting me know. Oh, God, that's funny. Yeah, yeah we had to get. We, we had to tag team more often, Ross. Or it was a learning. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, gents. Um, I will. Uh, my my uh, my youngest will, I'm sure, continue his uh, his brand new uh, e- eBay journey into into wealth. Um, that's going to be his first business. So he said, he to, said he wants to be rich. So uh, I said, all right, let's set some times. So yeah. He's uh, he's eight at the moment. So we set some times during the week, and we're going to have our meetings. Uh, and the first meeting was just a general, hey, this is uh, these are the differences. You could get a job, you could run a business, you can sell products or services, and we ran through those kind of basics. And um, and I said, this is the one we're doing here. We're selling a product, and uh, the product is going to be on uh, on eBay. Yep. And uh, yeah, and uh, we put our first product on last uh, last night. So yep. um, exciting new new journey for him. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's, yeah, that's cool. That's I'll be interested to see uh, how it um, how it evolves. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Same. Same. Hopefully, it's uh, it, yeah, it's a beginning, um, a powerful beginning for him. Yeah. 
Oh, awesome, mate. Yeah, well, what's he, what's he going to sell, Ross? Uh, I just, we're just plugging stuff that we've got around here to start with. Yep. But, uh, I also made it clear that when we run out of stuff, we need to make sure we've kept that money to be able to go buy things. Yeah, okay, restock, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, we, we, you know, we, hey, we made 20 bucks. Let's go spend 20 bucks. <laughs> it's, uh, no, no, we need to use that 20 bucks to buy the, the next thing. And uh, when, then when we have a, you know, hey, this is our profit margin, what we, what, then we can have the conversation about what are we going to do with it. Um, yeah. Pocket money's already pocket money, so everything they earn at the moment already gets split up. Yep. Um, it goes um, into long-term savings, um, short-term savings, you know, to, to buy something bigger and uh, and play money. Yeah, nice. Mm. Sounds awesome. Mm. Mm. Yep. Cool. Thanks, gents. Um, no it's worries. been uh, magnificent as always, and I look forward to catching you on the next one. Will do. Take care. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, boys. This has been Ross Pepper, Alistair McDonald, and Luke Farrar for the Ross L and Luke Show. If you wish to get in contact with us regarding the show, please reach out to us via email on rosslluke at gmail.com. To discover more about myself, Ross Pepper, please visit my website, rosspepper.com. To check out Al and discover what he can do for your team, please visit his website, alistairmcdonald.com.au. And if you're ready for an awesome sign for your business, be sure to visit luke at lfsigns.com.au. You have been listening to the Ross Allen Luke Show. Thanks for listening and have a spectacular day.